0: Are you thinking about finally creating something online? Well, this replay episode is from a couple of months ago, about three and a half months ago. It was originally broadcast as episode number 261. And obviously, as you hear, my voice right now is not so great. So I decided to bring you this really relevant episode. I hope you enjoy Are you thinking about finally creating an online music course and then just become overwhelmed with a million different getting started guides and steps that you're supposed to follow? There really is no one right way to create a successful online music course. And you can find success with just about any one of those guides. Today on the Music Teachers Expand Online Podcast, we're jumping into five things you can do now to make your online music course successful immediately and well into the future, even if that course doesn't exist yet. Hi, I'm Jamie Slutsky and this is episode 280, which is a rebroadcast of episode number 261 of the Music Teachers Expand Online Podcast from February of 2023. This podcast is dedicated to showing you how to create impact and income online as an independent music teacher. Today, we're going to discuss five things you can do at any stage of course creation. The first thing you can do is stop trying to appeal to everyone on social media. While it's true that you teach a lot of different things when it comes to your instrument or your modality of choice. Being a generalist online is one of the fastest ways to sit there and spin your wheels. So instead, get known for something. Well, three core principles really that all tie together and position you and your course as the best solution to a specific desire or obstacle that your ideal student is experiencing. This is specific. If your ideal student wants to just play the piano comfortably. Maybe it's a chords course. If your ideal student struggles with how to hold their bow correctly after 45 minutes of violin playing, maybe your course is on posture and alignment and things like that. You can go super, super specific. Then once you've figured out what your niche is, Let's make 80% of your social media and email marketing content about those three core principles and ideas. It'll become easier for your followers to affirm that you are truly passionate about your thing and an expert that they want to learn from. This not only makes it easier to niche your messaging, but also, and far more important in my opinion, easier to create content and know what to look for in other people's content to interact and engage with. Winning, right? Like this is the sweet spot. Okay. The second thing you can do is to get your followers off social media and into your ConvertKit email marketing database. This one is crucial. Social media is a borrowed platform and your ConvertKit account is owned online real estate. Let's put this another way. The social media platforms have algorithms that show people content that they are most likely to engage and interact with, which means that every piece of content you push to socials will only reach a percentage of your followers and an even smaller number of people or accounts that don't know you currently exist. Whereas your emails that you send from ConvertKit will land in your subscribers' inboxes. They may land in the updates or promotion tab if you're on Gmail, but that's okay. We're going to help them consistently open those emails as well. And when they see your email in their inbox, they will see that you attempted to communicate with them, which is far more than you can get from social media. Here's a little hack that I've seen be quite successful lately. Use your emails as a tool to drive engagement and traffic on your social media content. Or if you have a blog or a podcast or a YouTube channel, you can use your emails to drive traffic to those too. Don't just say, hey, there's a new post or anything like that. Give it a nice wrapping. Kind of give a few teasers, and you'll see this with my emails as well, is that my emails talk about something that go on in the podcast episode, but the full story means click over and listen to the podcast. That's what we're doing. We're using email to get people onto the other platforms where we might be sharing more content. With all of the insights and data available inside of ConvertKit, you will be able to identify your most engaged and loyal subscribers. This leads us right into our next thing that we can do. But before we jump there, I want to remind you that we discussed building an email list in episode 249. I recommend scrolling back in your podcast app and taking a listen after we finish up the five things that you can do now. Okay, so number three talking with your prospective students. You guessed that, right? So by looking at your insights on ConvertKit, you can see some people who are interested in what you are sending. They're opening your emails, they're clicking the links, they're doing the work to show you that they care about the content that you're creating. These are great people to reach out to. You can reach out via direct email, like not through ConvertKit, but through your main regular email platform or through Facebook or Instagram DM. And when you do this reach out, reach out as someone who's just interested in getting to know them, not to pitch. Build a relationship that is built on trust and respect before opening up the conversation to your course. Not to say that if they ask you about what you offer, that you can't share. I just mean, don't lead with a sales objective or offer mindset. Go into it organically to build that relationship. And be curious, mega curious. Find out about their successes and their fears, their desires and their struggles. Especially in DMs, we also want to make sure that we are matching their communication style. If they answer with long responses, create longer messages in return. If they are shorter in their responses, keep your messages brief. Matching their cadence will make it easy for them to feel like you're connecting with them. Another thing we can do when we're connecting with our ideal students and having these conversations is possibly to use a survey or using set questions. They are both really valuable and beneficial. I love surveys. They provide so much insight, especially when they're properly crafted. Set questions are like you have a sheet of paper of the things that you want to ask. I don't recommend that you use a copy and paste approach, so like Okay, we're on to question three, copy-paste. No, rather, let's build it into the conversation. Oh, question three is, how long have you been playing the instrument? So, yeah, you said you've been playing the guitar. How far are you in this method book? Or how long have you been playing? Or how long have you been following my YouTube channel? Or things like that. So you kind of work your way into getting the answer in a much more organic way. And when the time is right, and if you want, this is a great person to transition to a Zoom call so that there is some face-to-face interaction. That is a shortcut to selling. Seeing you, hearing you, talking face-to-face with you through the computer is a great, great tool. Now, on the heels of talking with your prospective students, the fourth thing that you can do is map out the journey you want to take them on before they purchase. Get specific as to the touch points and how they will feel toward you and your content. Think about it. What does your freebie help them to do? What do your emails in your welcome sequence afford them or help them with? How do you invite them to reply or to reach out to you on social media? Do you send a special personalized greeting? Do you invite them to your Facebook group? When, where, and how do you share your offer? What is the offer? How do you know that this is the right offer for them at this time? And how do they know that you created this for them and their needs and desires? I could go on and on and on. Crafting their journey is going to be such a valuable thing that you can do right now so that your course can just kind of land right into that student journey. Your mapped out journey is going to help you continue to move the conversation with a prospective student forward. I have seen so many music teachers get into conversations with great leads and never move them toward the transaction. And while I love having new friends, and I know you do too, you do need to eventually sell your course in order to increase your revenue. And when you are mapping out your student journey, it's not a once and done thing. You might do it every five months, every six months, every 12 months. Your student journey map is going to go beyond this one course as well because there is an after that you'll be able to guide them to within the course and after the sale. Okay, and the last thing that you can do for your online music course success is to begin to delegate and offload tasks that you do not personally have to do. Delegation and outsourcing may feel like a luxury right now, yet it's the single most important thing you can do to kickstart your goals. The adage says, delegate the $10 tasks so you can focus on the $100 tasks. The idea is that the $10 tasks are things that anybody can do. The $100 tasks are things that only you can do. Like you're the one who has to create the curriculum for your course and to be the one to present on video and to connect with your future students. Those are $100 tasks. So what are the $10 tasks? What are you currently doing that you could outsource or offload or at a minimum batch into non-prime work blocks? This is the thing, if you're not quite ready to outsource yet, outsource to yourself. That's what I mean by batching into non-prime work blocks. This allows you to start documenting processes and being super specific with how things are to get done. You might hear this referred to as creating SOPs or standard operating procedures. They don't need to be fancy. All you need to do is throw on Loom and record yourself doing the task or grab a Google doc and document as you go. So to recap, here are five things you can do now to make your online music course successful all year long and well into the future. Number one, niche your messaging. Number two, list building. Number three, talk with prospective students. Number four, design your funnel or student journey. And number five, focus on what only you can do and outsource and systematize the rest. You can absolutely do this. I believe that 2023 is the year of niche music courses. And as cliche as it sounds, be the cream of the crop, okay? Okay. With that, I want to remind you that my DMs are always open. I'm at Jamie Slutzky over on Instagram, and I have that linked up in the show notes. Let me know which of the five things you're going to start with, and I would be honored to help keep you accountable. Have a great day, have a great week, and I look forward to connecting with you in the DMs.